Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who is back on his diet, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. Uh, I mean, back on it, I, I mean, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. I don't know if I'm completely back on it after my last week of horrid eating. Uh, well, amazing eating, just not not healthy eats. Uh, in Chicago, we ate, we ate good, to say the least, Trevor. Uh, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. We definitely had some good food. Didn't get to have uh, any deep dish pizza, but you know, unfortunately, you guys aren't aren't as big of a fan of it anyway as I am. So yeah, I don't think that's that much of a loss. Uh, a man who, of course, would share that opinion is the third contributor of this podcast, Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you today? Yeah, I'm fantastic. Chicago, greatest city in the world, but not the best pizza There's in the not. world. Sorry, Trevor. Oof. It's the um, truth. It's, I mean, it's good. again, like, it, I say this every time, but it's just like a lasagna. Like, you got to look at it more like a lasagna than a pizza. And sometimes I'm just not in the mood for it. So, I'm sorry. Look, no, it is no it one's is. out here saying deep dish isn't good. We're just saying it's not the best. I, I don't think that's a crime. Are, are we criminals, Ben? No. No. I, I think we're just smart Thank individuals, you. Yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. So, it sounds like you're Team Brandon for this one, not, not Team Trevor. It's the only time uh, it'll ever happen. <laughs> I got you there. Yeah, I got yeah. you there. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Well, we had a uh, an interesting week in sports. Uh, and we're going to start off right away with uh, Kevin Durant. It, it seems like uh, the Nets got like the most drama-filled players, and now it's starting to bite them, and, and they're behind. What did, what did you say, Trevor? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, about three years ago, you know, Durant and Kyrie Irving both both came to Brooklyn. Um, you know, it seemed like this was going to be something that uh, maybe it could be a dynasty. Like maybe they could win a few championships. Obviously, they didn't. We we kind of saw how it turned out. They only have won one playoff series uh, in their time together. So it's been, I mean, by all accounts, a, a pretty big failure. I would say. Um, now, yeah. So uh, about I think it was about five or six days ago. Um, it's it's been almost a week uh, since we heard this news, but. Basically, Kevin Durant um, came out, or Durant and his camp, I guess, you know, Rich Kleiman, uh, his, his camp, basically said that, you know, either, you know, Kevin Durant, we want Kevin, we, we want to be traded, or uh, you need to fire Sean Marks and Steve Nash, the GM and the coach, which, pretty big statement, obviously. Uh, quite a, a change in position from on June 30th, when it, initially it was just like a trade request. Um, now to take a another step up here to basically saying it's either me or it's the GM and the coach. You got to pick one, um, which really I think from Kevin Durant's perspective doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. I don't understand why this was the timing um, that he chose to do this or really why he chose to do this at all. I mean, if you truly do want to be traded, um, I don't think this would be a good idea. I think this can only uh, backfire. I mean, I agree kind of what I think Brian Windhorst was talking about this on. I don't know if it was the jump or it was one of the uh, NBA shows earlier this week about how I think this might have worked against Kevin Durant because if you're hearing about like, you know, Kevin Durant, basically he's, he's making a team choose between their coach and their GM and himself. Uh, that's going to be something that other teams are going to look at that with like kind of a raised eyebrow. Like, do we will, really want this guy as a part of our franchise? If, he can leave if at any moment. And maybe that was, I think that was probably already a sentiment that maybe some teams already felt. But I think this is another little piece that probably made some teams more hesitant to want to go out and get him if in the back of their minds they're like, well, yeah, it's great to have him. He's an incredible player. But at any point, he might leave us. He might request a trade from us again. So I just, I just, regardless of like 
you know, whether people hate this, think it's like a wrong thing, mm-hmm. just decision to do in general. It just didn't make sense for Kevin Durant. That's really my ultimate takeaway. Um, there is another uh, direction I wanted to take this, but I wanted to get your opinion on this as well, Brandon. I just, I don't know. I don't understand. I like Kevin Durant. Uh, Kyrie Irving, he's not my favorite, but I, I don't understand what's going on. I don't get it. What For what? What is he doing this for? Because in uh, maybe I'm you know kind of hinting at what we're gonna talk about next, but like I feel like a lot of teams are gonna be turned off to wanting to trade for him. Uh, maybe KD thinks he has more power than he actually does. Where I mean maybe he thinks like the Nets are gonna pick him over the organizational people they put around him. But I mean, so Trevor, let's say you had to pick, who are you picking between these two sides? I mean, I mean, if I'm Joe Sy, so if I'm the owner, I'm picking the general manager and the coach because I, I am too. They're they're loyal to the organization, whereas yeah. Kevin Durant has clearly shown he isn't. So yeah, that would be my decision, and that's what Joe Sy said. Like he came out and basically said, like, you know, I'm I'm gonna stand behind my GM and my coach, and that's it. Basically, that's kind of what he said. Yeah, I just I just like don't get exactly where Kevin Durant's coming from, and like the the Ringer article I have pulled up here said, um, you know, it's it's an undesirable predicament, but it's one Brooklyn should have seen coming. I feel like we all should have seen this coming. I mean, these guys are, you know, a little bit of divas and that they, you know, they want their way and they want what they want. So, I mean, it's tough to give up a generational player like Durant, but honestly, you know, at what cost, you know, to give up everything to keep Durant for a couple more years? I don't know if I'm doing that. I just don't think that's a good idea. What, what do you think, Ben? I have, I have a couple of thoughts. My first thought is like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, it's almost like they're, they have like a bet about how much they can get away with. Um, or like, let me reword that. It's like, it's almost like they don't understand what this is doing to like the team that they're on. Like, like they're testing the limits of, well, we're good, but how much are we going to be able to get away with in the eyes of the teams where teams are going to be willing to take on our attitudes and our reflections of these organizations? Cause yeah, they're good. But at the same time, it's like, like you said, Brandon, like a lot of these teams might be turned off by these actions. Um, and I think more people would be willing to put up with Kevin Durant than Kyrie Irving because Kevin Durant's better than Kyrie Irving. Um, but it's very interesting in terms of like how 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 good do they have to be for for a team to be willing to put up with these things? Because yes, again, like they can add a lot of value to a team, but is it worth it? Some teams would say yes, and some teams would say no. It is what it is. My second thought is, I would love nothing more than to have like a hard knocks, but for the NBA and see, I would love to see like cameras in on this organization right now because the Nets are in shambles. And I think it'd be so entertaining to have like a camera crew in there during the off season, listening to Steve Nash and, and these owners and these GMs talk basically talk about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving along those same lines of like, is it worth it? These guys are crazy. What are we gonna do? How are we gonna handle this? Is there anybody that's willing to get to take these teams on or these players on because we don't want them anymore? So, I would love to have some sort of like inside information and inside look at what is going on in that Nets organization right now. Because, again, like I keep saying this, but two years ago they were the team that was like, they're going to win maybe not one but multiple championships. Now we're looking back on this experiment with those two players, um, and it's been a total disaster. And I don't think anyone thought that it was going to go in this direction, um, at least to the extent that it is now. Yeah, and, and to that point, Ben, like I would also like to see you know what's going on in the organization because I, I don't fully understand. Well, number one, I don't fully understand why – Kevin Durant and Kyrie are so set on wanting out. Like, I don't think this is a terrible situation for them. Like, it's not like they have no help. I mean, they do have Ben Simmons. Like, I get, like, he hasn't played in a while. I I understand. 
but you know if assuming he comes back this season like he's he's still a pretty good player and this offseason they've also added some other like pretty good role players like Royce O'Neal coming from Utah he's a really good role player I think to like have on your team I mean they still have Seth Curry who's also like one of the ultimate role players I think I love Seth Curry uh you got Patty Mills still there so like you know you could argue that if they were to all come back like Durant Kyrie Ben Simmons and you know the rest of the team like I think the team is probably better than they were um, exiting this past year. I mean, you could make an argument if they were all together as one, which they obviously aren't, but if they were, that they could potentially be a contender, but that's not really the path that Durant's choosing. It's not really seemingly the path that Kyrie's choosing. So I don't know. Um, I don't know how this is going to be resolved, but the point I wanted to take this is to now looking at um, the potential trade destinations um, once again, we did this earlier um, in the summer when we were talking about like Phoenix and Miami and some other teams. Um, now it seems like Durant either wants to go to Boston or Philly. Um, now Philly, I don't think there's a lot to talk about here because I don't really see Philly having any kind of trade package to get Kevin Durant. Obviously, Embiid's un un untouchable. There's no way they're trading him. So the the trade would have to center around like Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris. And I just don't think in any way that Brooklyn would ever take a deal like that. So then you go to Boston, and I think this is where it gets really interesting because um, essentially the package would, would center around Jalen Brown. Um, it would probably, from the Nets' perspective, they would probably want to get Marcus Smart as well. They would want to get Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and probably a few first-round picks. Now, I think this is really interesting from the Celtics' perspective because you're the Boston Celtics. You just went to the finals. You came pretty close to winning the NBA championship with the team they just had. Um, and they just added Malcolm Brogdon, a player who, although he's injured quite a lot, when he is healthy, he's a really solid player. And one of the weak points of the Boston Celtics was um, turnovers. They turned the ball over a lot. Well, Malcolm Brogdon, he's a point guard. He can come in. You know, he has a. You know, he takes good care of the ball. Um, he's a great creator for others. And I think he made the Celtics better in this offseason. So, I think this would be an interesting. I think this is an interesting discussion. Because if you're a Celtics fan, like, are you just like immediately no? Like, I don't want to mess up what we have. I know I get how good Kevin Durant is, but no, Jalen Brown's too valuable. Marcus Smart's too valuable. And I think that's what most Celtics fans think. Um, however, you could argue that from just a purely neutral perspective, if you're just doing a, let's say we do a straight up trade, Jalen Brown, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's better than Jalen Brown. So if that were the, if that was the trade, um, the Celtics would be better. They would now be, I think, the runaway favorites to win the title if they could somehow um, make that trade happen, if they could get Kevin Durant just for Jalen Brown straight up. Um, but I, I think it's a really interesting point just in general for thinking about fans and their, like, I guess their commitment to certain players, their loyalty to want to win with certain players. Like, I think a lot of Boston fans just have this love for Jalen Brown, that despite the fact that Kevin Durant is definitely better, they they don't care. They don't want to give him up. And we've seen this again and again with different players. Like we were talking before the podcast, I have that same opinion with like with Heat players, with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Like I was thinking, I was going through the same thought process a couple months ago with like if the Heat were to try to get Kevin Durant and they wanted to trade Jimmy Butler, or Bam, would I do that? And my answer is no. Like. I don't want to trade Jimmy for Kevin Durant, and I don't want to trade Bam for him either. I just think, number one, Bam is young. He's he's so valuable for the future of Miami. And then Jimmy Butler, despite the fact that he's older, similar to Kevin Durant, and not as good as Kevin Durant, 
He's already done so much for this franchise in the few years he's been here. I just wouldn't want to do it. Um, but uh, Brennan, what do you think about this whole concept with like fans and their association to wanting to win with certain players? Yeah, I mean, I I talked about this before the podcast, but I call this the Baker Mayfield effect. Uh, just this astonishing belief in players that don't make a lot of sense. Uh, and now some do make sense, though. You know, for example, like we have Ben who loves Joe Burrow. I mean, I I like Joe Burrow. He's 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 in the division that I, I have a team rooting for. So I, I think it's tough when there's a player that's actually very good and you don't want to move them. Jalen Brown is tough. You know, and I, I think I think we'd all agree Kevin Durant's better than Jalen Brown. I don't think anyone is crazy enough to say that. But, you know, they, they like their boys over there in, in, in Boston. So I, I don't know. This is a very tough situation. Do you break up? I mean, again, the, the Celtics are, it's not like the Celtics are a bad team, but KD probably pushes them over the top. So I and like it's never gonna be Jalen Brown straight up for Kevin Durant. No one's gonna do that, right. you know. But could you imagine if they did like Brown and like a slew of picks for Durant? Like, is that possible? You think? So I think the Nets really also wanted like um, like Marcus Smart. It seemed like which if the if well I'll say this from the Celtics perspective, if the Nets are like we want Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, I'm hanging up the phone immediately. Like, if, if you're telling me it's Jalen Brown and just picks, then I'm at least, like, I'm entertaining it. And I'm I'm not entirely sure what I would do, ultimately, but I'm entertaining it. If you tell me Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, I'm just hanging up the phone. There's there's no way I would do that. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be a, a, a very, very tough call for them. Very, very tough call uh, on what they want to do. You know, it's, it's tough to pass up on a player like Kevin Durant. At the same time, I mean, it's not like they didn't make the finals last year, you know? Yeah. Oh. Um, anything else you want to talk about in terms of Kevin Durant, Celtics, David Brown, uh, before we move on to small talk trivia? Um, I think it's pretty much it. I mean, we'll see. I think, again, it's kind of like an unknown. Like, we, we have no idea how this is going to be resolved. Yeah. Um, it's just going to continue to be a thing that's going to drag along uh, for probably maybe into the season. I don't know. But uh, we'll just have to see how it plays out. It's definitely going to drag along for a while. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. All right, so next up we have small talk trivia. Um, we haven't done we haven't done trivia in a minute, have we? When was the last time we did trivia, Trevor? Uh, at least like three, maybe three weeks ago, something three like that. Three weeks ago. All right. Well, what's the what's the scoreboard? I'm sure Ben's losing. So, uh, Brandon, you are in the lead. You have sixteen and a half points, and okay, Ben and I are tied. Uh, ben and I are tied with fifteen points. All right. Well, so here's the order today. Completely random, as always, from random.org. Uh, first up is Ben. Ben, you'll be asking me a question. I'll be asking Trevor, and Trevor, you're going to be asking Ben. And I'd like to point out my question today. I wanted to ask you, Ben, because of the two people, I think you will have more of a difficult time than Trevor will. But you're up first, Ben. Sweet. All right. Uh, who me, am I asking? Me. Brandon? Okay. Um, so, Brandon, my question for you, pretty straightforward. Which NFL franchise is the oldest? The, the what's, very the, oldest? what's the oldest NFL franchise? The longest continuously operating NFL franchise. Uh, um. So the, the oldest franchise. Oh uh, well, I mean, I'm trying to remember who was in the first Super Bowl, but that might not be the teams. But I guess well, because we had championships before Super Bowls. Yeah, this is gonna be a tough one. I mean, I have a guess. Trying to think. That's really tough, Ben. I 
I have two guesses that I'm thinking of that I know are like historically old franchises. Uh, but here's the thing. I I think this has to be like some sort of trope. Like I don't think you'd ask it if it was one of these two answers. But I mean, what do I know? I'm not gonna take forever on this because this this is honestly pretty tough, Ben. Did you think this was like an easy question? No, I knew it was hard, but usually my questions are easy. So I thought okay, all right, yeah, yeah, I, I can appreciate that. Okay, I will guess. I'm gonna guess the Green Bay Packers. Is that your final answer? Yes. Green Bay Packers is incorrect, okay. Brandon. Trevor, you're up half a point. Okay, My confidence is so. Low. So Brandon, Brandon said he had two teams in his mind, and I think they were the same two teams I initially thought of: uh, the Packers and the Bears. Um, now, the way I don't know the way you asked this question and the way I'm thinking about it now, I feel like it's it's definitely not one of the first names you would think of. So that's what I was thinking. But so I don't like, know. I don't know who else it could be. <laughs> you know. So like, it could be the Bears, but uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of not wanting to guess the Bears now. Um, I mean, it's I think it's definitely got to be like an like a team, not necessarily on the East Coast, but it's not like a West Coast team. It's not it's not a team like that's on the West. So I'm thinking more of like teams on the East. Like, could it be a New York team? Could it be like a Washington? Could it be like a? I don't know. Could it? Could it be? Let's see. Could it be like Cleveland? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, you have Pro Football Hall of Fames in in Ohio. You look at yeah, Tre- Trevor. I'll give you. I'll give you this quote. There's no way it's the Browns because I would never hear the end of it from Browns fans that they're the first team. <laughs> so there's no way I, you can I don't toss think that it, one out. I don't think it is Cleveland. I was and just if kind of if it is if it is scenarios. if you don't guess the Browns and it is the Browns, I would donate a point of my own to you. <laughs> That's how um, confident I am. Yeah, I mean, like on paper, Chicago seems like the best answer here, but. <laughs> It it could also be like a New York team or even like Washington. Um, other than that, uh, yeah, I I keep thinking of like East Coast, like coastal teams in the Northeast. So I think it's one of those. I think it's either like New York, like or Washington or the Bears, and um, I don't know which one it is. Oldest franchise. Hmm. You know. I, you know, I'm just going to stick with Chicago. Uh, that's that's my final answer, Ben. I'm going to stick with Chicago. Trevor, just for the record. The Chicago Bears, that's your final answer? Yeah. Yes. Well, all right, just for the record. That is incorrect, Trevor. That was my second now, team. Now, the team that you pick, or the, the, that is wrong, but the right answer, the team did start in Chicago, but they are no longer, no longer the operating Chicago. The, the correct answer is the team that is currently known as the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> what? Okay. Oh, really? They, they, they were founded in 1898 in Chicago. All right. Then they moved to, like, they moved to St. Louis at some point, and now they're in um, Arizona. They're a charter member of, of the NFL in 1920. But, again, the question wasn't – the question was the longest – Continuously ran NFL team, and that dates all the way back to 1898 with the Arizona Cardinals. So, so, so I don't, I don't get a half point. Well, or no, it would be a quarter no, point because you said Chicago Bears, and that's a different franchise. <laughs> they started in Chicago. I don't get any kind of like. Uh... They did. They started in Chicago as the Morgan Athletic Club amateur football team in 1898. Oh, Trevor, if you said Morgan <laughs> Athletic Club in 1898 or whatever Ben just said, I would have given you the point. But Chicago Bears doesn't get you the point. Oh, jeez. Okay. 
Alright, All right, well, next up is my question to you, Trevor. I think you're going to get this. I'd be pretty surprised if you didn't get this. So here's my question. What player has the most points ever in a triple-double in the NBA? What player scored oh. the most points while also getting a triple-double in the okay. NBA? Which player scored the most points while also while, while getting a triple-double? Okay. Yeah. Um... So I mean, there's there's a few players that immediately come to my mind. Um, I think I know the answer, but I'm just trying to make sure that there aren't any other players that it could possibly be. Most points with a triple double. No reason to second guess. Give your first first thing that pops in your head. Bam. Is this? I guess this doesn't make a difference. Can you tell me like where this stat? Like, can you tell me like what site this stat is from or something? Can you like where did you find this stat? Can you tell uh, me that? Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Okay. Because I'm like, does this include the postseason? Is it? I don't know. I'm I'm overthinking. I guess. I mean, I think I just got to go with my initial answer here. I think it's Russell Westbrook. Uh, that's the answer I'm gonna submit. Most points for a triple double. I think it's him. He had. Quite a few forty-point triple doubles. He might have even had a fifty-point triple double. So I, I think that's the correct answer. Final answer. Yeah. That is incorrect. I'm oh. very surprised you missed this. Ben, wow. it is to you. Okay. Um. Again, just people with triple doubles. Like, Rajon Rondo had a lot of triple doubles, but he's not scoring like forty points. I feel like it wouldn't be LeBron. So I feel like I would maybe know that if it was LeBron. Um. Other triple. I mean. My boy, big James or big game James, James Worthy, not a terrible guess. Um, I mean, maybe you could get like a Kevin Durant. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this. I'll just go. Uh, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna pick a. I'm gonna go with actually probably the worst guess of all of the ones I just said. But I'm gonna go with James Worthy. It's my final Oof. answer. Yeah, oh. <laughs> big big. Uh, that is oh. wrong. Yeah, it is actually guess. a different James. It is James Harden. Uh, okay. He had a 60-point huh. triple-double for the Orlando oh, wow. Magic on January 30th, 2018. I, I'm, like, so surprised neither one of you got this. Like, I, I, James Harden shouldn't count, though, because, like, 30 of those points were probably from the free-throw line, <laughs> and that doesn't count. I mean, we can, get a, we can get an official on that if you want uh, me to. So that's a Mickey Mouse That's a Mickey Mouse triple-double. I think, I think this is your new favorite. I mean, we got from the Final Seconds of Fame podcast, you're calling everyone winning everything a Mickey Mouse award. Uh, it just seems like it's your new favorite. Well, when you only have to beat one other person, then, yeah, that's a Mickey Mouse win for sure. <laughs> All right, so no one's getting points so far today. Uh, Trevor, it is now your turn to ask Ben a question. It's been a rough All random right. year. Not randomly right, just want to talk trivia today. All right, Ben, so um, this is an NFL question. Um, it relates to rookie quarterbacks. Um, the question is, who is the quarterback with the most passing yards in their rookie season? So most passing yards... In the in the, in the, just we're just talking regular season, uh, as a rookie, which quarterback had the most passing yards? So my first guess is Justin Herbert because he broke all these records when he was a rookie, um, and the only reason I know that is because he gets a lot of credit for doing that. But Joe Burrow would have also done that if he didn't get hurt. No big deal. It's whatever. Um, <laughs> but my my gut then goes to well that was only that was in 2020 there was only 16 games last year they played 17 games so now i'm thinking of rookies from last year that might have played a lot um but like i mean like i don't think trevor lawrence played that much um i can't even think of any other what what other rookies zach wilson i missed games last year 
Um, Trey Lance didn't even play last year, so I mean, I'm I don't I don't know. I I think that makes sense, like to pick somebody from last year, but I can't think of there just wasn't. I feel like there wasn't any like standout rookie quarterbacks for last year that I can think off the top of my head. So I'll just go Justin Herbert. Final answer. All right. It's a, so it's a rough answer, Ben. Justin Herbert is uh, incorrect. Uh, he actually was second. So uh, he was second. I would not call that a rough answer. Then that's a pretty good answer. Actually. No, it really was a good answer. He had like forty three hundred yards. There was a man who had forty four hundred yards, and I know this very well because sadly this quarterback retired way too early because he didn't want to get his head beaten in anymore. And he would have made that the franchise he was on very, very good. The correct answer, I believe, Trevor, is Andrew Luck. Um, uh, and... Yes, Brandon. Uh, you are correct. Thank you. Andrew Luck is the right answer. Uh, Andrew Luck had uh, about 4,374 yards. Uh, Justin Herbert, only about 40 yards behind him, 4,336. Um, I remember in every... like, the last game, in the last game that I watched with Herbert in it, they were like talking about how... Like, he has, like, this many to beat Luck, like, and it was it was close. Yeah, um, I think every answer in the top 10 is a quarterback in the last 10 years besides yeah. Peyton Manning. Uh, Peyton Manning was in the top 10. Everyone else is, like, very recent. Perfect. All right, well, that's small talk trivia. I, I gain on my lead a little bit. Only half a point awarded today, so not, nothing too, too crazy. Uh, but let's go into our main topic for today. Um, as we've been doing, we've been going division by division. We've done four divisions or three divisions so far. We've done five. This is this is number six. This is number six. Oh, so we're almost done. I mean, we got the season starting in what three weeks here. We got preseason yeah, going on. Uh, very exciting. Football is the best time of the year, as everybody knows. Um, so let's get into it. This week's division is going to be the NFC West, arguably the best division in football. Um, it's not. That's that's just a false statement. I said arguably. I mean, last year they had the most wins, so. But it's. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even call it top two. It, it'd be at the very best, the third best. Well, third. Oh, as a I division, they are the only division with no one in the minus and the plus minus differential, and they had the best records collectively. So your dispute is but not this great. This is a different season, though. We'll get into it, but I, I do not. Yeah, think no, maybe maybe this season's a little different because we're gonna get into it. But let's start off. Um, let's start off with the the the. One of the worst placing teams. Well, not the worst place. They actually came in second. Um, the Arizona Cardinals. They went at eleven and six last year. Um, Kyler Murray, of course, signed to a big contract. Uh, they they traded for Marquise Brown, who currently ain't doing so hot in terms of legal troubles from the Ravens. I'm uh, gonna have to give him a massive contract. I don't really understand the Marquise Brown trade because they gave away Christian Kirk, who probably is gonna get like the same money as Brown did, and they're very similar players. So I don't really understand that. Uh, Chandler Jones is now gone. Jordan Hicks now gone. Malcolm Butler now gone. So the defense is definitely not in quite as good of a spot. However, they did get to keep Zach Ertz. They kept AJ Green as like a third wide receiver option. Um, Will Hernandez they re-signed. So uh, they they did they make a ton of moves? Not really. No. Uh, and they did also keep James Conner, but they they gave up a little bit. Chase Edmonds is now gone. Christian Kirk now gone, and like the defensive players I named. Uh, so did this team get better? Probably not, uh, to be honest. I, I don't know if this team necessarily got better. Uh, and, of course, they signed Kyler Murray to uh, you know his new contract. That was the weird thing in his, his stupid little thing that they had in his thing where you had to like, do study or whatever. Um, so, yeah, they came in second. They went. What, I think they lost their last six games. Weren't they 10-0 or 11-0? 
Um, I, I don't know if they lost all of them, but they were they were definitely undefe- they were the last undefeated team. Um, yeah. So I, they yeah, were definitely they, at they least like nine and zero. At the very least, they went two and six in the last eight games. So rough finish for them. It definitely seemed like they kind of toppled off towards the end of the year. So I'm gonna hand it off to you guys, Ben. Why don't we start with you first? Uh, Arizona Cardinals, eleven and six. Uh, do you think that they're gonna do better this year? Absolutely not. No, they will not do that. They will not win 12 games this year. There's no way. Um, I mean, again, like, I've said the same thing about them for years. Like, they're a good team, but they do the same thing every year, and Kyler Murray does the same thing every year. They're really good in, like, September and October, and then they forget how to play football in, like, November, and then Kyler Murray gets hurt or something like that. So I I do not have a lot of faith in the Arizona Cardinals. I, do, they, I don't think they'll win 10 games. I think they will be in the single-digit win column. Um, again, like, yeah, like, they have Kyler Murray. They have weapons. Um but I just don't think they're that impressive of a team. To me, they're kind of like an average NFL team. I'd, I'd put them in, in the teens probably somewhere if I had to power rank them um, going into this year. So I, I do think there's a lot of questions, and I, like, I expect Kyler Murray to still play well. But if he can't figure out how to play well for a whole season, which has been their Achilles heel the last two years, then like I don't really know what their ceiling is because it, it's not very high if, if, they, if they cannot put it together for um, a 17-game season. And, and like like – I don't know. I mean, they still got to play the Rams, so they, they still have tough competition, but I'm just not very high on them. And honestly, I'll tell you, the reason why I'm not very high on them, like 50% of the reason why is because they just beat the Bengals in the preseason and they celebrated it like it was a Super Bowl win. <laughs> so that mean, that basically shows me that they have no faith that they're going to win when the games actually matter. Um, so I, I'm i just not high on this Arizona Cardinals team. I think, like, if I had to guess, I'd think they're going to win like eight games this year. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think that's a really good prediction. So you're going on the under because they're eight and a half. Is that correct? Yeah, I'll take the under. Um, yeah. And you know what's interesting? I was just kind of, you know, pooping on you a little bit for your take that they're not the best division. They definitely were the best division last year. But now that I'm looking at it, did all four teams get worse? I, I think that is a, an interesting question. We'll, we'll definitely get into it here because we've got three more teams to talk about for sure. Trevor, Arizona Cardinals, 11 games last year, 8.5 this year. Uh, didn't really add a whole ton. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I don't think I'm quite as low on Ben as low as Ben is. I mean, so the, with the eight and a half over under, I'd probably lean the over. I think they can still get nine or ten wins. Um, it seems like their defense is going to take a step back. You kind of mentioned um, the notable departures that they had. Obviously, Chandler Jones, one of my favorite Patriots ever, uh, big loss there. They have a couple other big defensive losses, so that'll hurt on the offensive end. Um, I mean, they're they're without DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games because of his suspension. So obviously. Uh, that will hurt them for the first six games for sure. So, you know, they've been ha- getting off to these fast starts. And by all accounts, I would say that they're probably not going to repeat that again. I mean, especially when you look at their schedule. I mean, they have to play the AFC West. And if you look at their first six games without DeAndre Hopkins, they go home against the Chiefs. Uh, they go play the Raiders. Then they have the Rams at home, at the Panthers, home Eagles, at uh, Seattle. So, Pretty tough six games there. I mean, I, I definitely don't see Arizona, you know, running the table on that at all. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they split that, go three and three. I wouldn't even be surprised if they went two and four in those six. I, I'd probably lean more toward like a three and three. But um, that's a pretty tough stretch there. So tough schedule for the Cardinals. Um, again, I, I think they'll manage. I'd probably say nine and eight would be my prediction if I made it for them because I do still think Kyler Murray uh, is is a really solid quarterback. He's not elite but he he is really solid he's a good option to have for sure um and he could be a difference maker and you know a a decent amount of games so i think 
that'll be you know a good I, I guess that'll be good for Arizona and then once they get Hopkins back maybe they can go on a little bit of a run but you know it's gonna be interesting because when we lost saw the Arizona Cardinals they had an atrocity of a playoff performance against the LA Rams Kyler Murray was horrible the whole team uh, was horrible um, against the Rams, it was a, it was a very bad performance. So we'll have to see if they can bounce back from here. Um, but it's it's going to be tough because, as you said, I do not think uh, they improved. I think they got a little worse um, looking at their notable acquisitions, resignings, and their departures. So I, I think about nine and eight. I think that'll get them either. I mean, either second and third. Uh, we'll talk about the 49ers. But um, it's still tough to see a path for a Super Bowl here for Arizona. That's for sure. So I, I'm, I'm with Ben. I'm low on the Cardinals. Uh, I think both sides of the ball got worse. Hopkins being out six games, six games is rough. But it seems like they have basically the same offense with less running back options. Edmonds is gone, um, and they essentially switched Marquise Brown for Christian Kirk, who are like the same type of receiver. I don't think this team got better in any sense. And I'm with Ben. I'm going under seven or eight games uh, in, in the win column is my opinion for the Cardinals. Uh, but let's keep on moving on. We'll go to the next team. The division winner uh, from last season and the Super Bowl winner is the Los Angeles Rams. Now, the Rams are pretty interesting. They lost a lot of pieces that are very underrated. You see Andrew Whitworth, Ben, I'm sure a, a personal favorite of yours, yeah. Excuse me, left tackle from the the Bengals, who was on, of course, the Super Bowl winning team. Vaughn Miller is now gone to the Bills. That's that's a huge loss for them. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. is still unsigned. Another huge loss. He had like six or seven touchdowns with the team. Robert Woods got traded. Uh, Austin Corbett, another very important piece on the offensive line. Johnny Hecker, someone argue one of the best punters in the league, now on the Panthers. Uh, and Sonny Michel, who was a very suitable replacement for for Cam Akers and Darnell Henderson when they went down is now on the Dolphins. So a lot of very important pieces, but they did gain some pieces back. Uh, They signed Bobby Wagner. That's a huge, huge signing and able to take place for, uh, you know, a Von Miller-like sized hole. Uh, Allen Robinson was signed in place of Robert Woods. Allen Robinson, I think we all really like Allen Robinson. Troy Hill was signed back from the Browns. Uh, Another important piece in Joe Noteboom, um, the offensive tackle who uh, will probably fill in the place of Andrew Whitworth. Um, so here's the question. Did this team get better? I'm, I'm also going to say no. Now, granted, I still think they added good pieces, and they're still going to be a very, very, very good football team. But let's not forget, yes, they won the Super Bowl. They almost lost to the Ravens without Lamar Jackson. I, I mean, this is, this is a team that had holes on it last year that got hot at the right time um, and, and beat some good teams in the playoffs. I, I think this is a good team. Really, I, I, I do honestly think that this is a great team. Uh, Los Angeles Rams, 10.5 is their over-under. Uh, last season, they were at 12. I'm still going to go on the over. I'm going to go 11 wins, but I don't think this team is as good as they were last year at all, and I think they have more holes to fill for sure. Trevor, let's go to you for this one first. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm on the same page. 10.5 over-under. I also lean more toward about 11. Um, they're still the best team in this division. I expect them to win the division. Um, I mean, having, you know, kind of the, the organization, the coaching staff that they have, it's a pretty good support system. And you have Matthew Stafford, which in my opinion is one of the best six or seven uh, quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, they just had a really good season, really good playoffs. 
Um, so I, I think the Rams are still in a good position. Yes, they did get worse. I do agree with you, Brandon. Um, when you, I mean, you mentioned all the like departures and stuff. So they did get worse. Um, however, this is a worse NFC overall. So their path getting back to the Super Bowl doesn't seem like uh, that difficult. I mean, I, if if I'm looking through the NFC and and we'll talk more about like the NFC in general, like right before the season, but. I don't know if there's a better team in the NFC than the Rams. It's it. I'm not sure if there is, to be honest, despite the fact that seemingly they've gotten worse. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. But again, despite the fact that I think they got worse, I do still like some of their acquisitions. Like, I'm a big Allen Robinson fan. I, I think he could be a really good piece uh, for the Rams. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think their offense got that much worse. Um, but the defense um, did take, you know, some steps back. So... We'll have to see with the Rams, but ultimately I do uh, go with the over here. They finished uh, twelve and five last season. Um, I'm thinking about eleven and six is probably the right call. Maybe even twelve and five again for the Rams. Yeah, it's. I mean, oh, sorry. I, go ahead, Ben. Go ahead. Go no, ahead, no, no, ben. please. No, I was just sir. Gonna, I was just gonna say sir, I. Uh, I agree with both of you. All right, that's, you can chill. <laughs> I agree with both of you. I I think eleven wins is probably the the number for this team. I mean, Matthew Stafford's another year older, but. I don't think that that's that big of a deal because I mean he's 34, but the way he plays, like he's not relying on his legs as much as a lot, as a lot of other uh, quarterbacks do. So I, I think the age is not an issue for uh, Matthew Stafford as other quarterbacks at 34 it might be. Um, they again they still have a lot of talent. They're still the most talented team in this division. Like we said, the division's not really not that great this year. Um, so I still expect them to get to to win the division and, and get a decent amount of wins within that division in those six games that they'll play. Um, against their division rivals, so um, still a good team, still a top, I don't know, five team in the NFL. Um, I expect them to make the playoffs again, still be a, a, a contender for for another Super Bowl, another Super Bowl championship. So I mean, again, eleven wins. If it's ten and a half, I'll take the over. I'll take eleven and six this year for, for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Um, I also wanted to make it very clear that I hate them, and I'll never forget what they did to me. But it's whatever. You know, so this is what I was gonna mention before Ben. You so rudely interrupted me. Um, yeah, I'm kidding. It's okay. Uh, let's look at real quick, just real, real quick. Why? Like, I, I still think the Rams are the best team. Let's look at the other top teams. Um, in the other three conferences, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I, I think have had they're, they're relatively the same team. However, you look, they've had some big injuries already. Uh, Ryan Jensen's gonna be out. It seems like Godwin and Evans are still banged up as they always are. Um, so that's gonna be a question. We have the Green Bay Packers who lost Devonte Adams. I think universally they are gonna be worse. Let's look at the Dallas Cowboys, who lost Amari Cooper. They still have Zeke on their roster, who is eating up a big contract. They had to get rid of Cooper. Um, and there were some other major pieces that they had to, to give up on. So you look at the other like top teams. Yes, the Cardinals got worse, but they still probably are the best team in the conference. Um, and it's interesting to say like how all these teams got worse, but you know all the players I just named uh, that left went to the AFC. I mean, the AFC is by far the better conference going into this year. Um, but let's let's keep it moving here. Go to our next team. We'll go to the 49ers. Last year went 10 and seven. Um, had one of the most unique players uh, in the NFL in uh, Debo Samuel. Um, they had a lot of ups and downs in terms of acquisitions and players that left. Um, tons of guys on the list. Tons of defensive pieces that they got. I don't see any major major pieces that left or uh, that they signed. The biggest news obviously is that Trey Lance is going to be playing this year. Now, I don't think any of us are going to say Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo is some great quarterback. 
Uh, hopefully they can get a trade for him and get some sort of asset back and not just lose out on his contract and he leaves next year. Uh, but Trey Lance, uh, at this moment, we haven't seen a lot of him. When we have seen him, he hasn't been good. I'm not saying that he won't be good. I'm saying it's going to take time. However, he has all the weapons in the world on his roster to do well. Uh, so I'm, I'm very interested to see how this team does. I think just initially, just off, you know, just like looking at this team kind of for the first time here on a little before the podcast, I would say this team's going to do worse than they did last year, but perhaps not by a ton. Um, you know, winning 10 games last year, what is their over-under here? Uh, we have nine and a half, which seems pretty appropriate to me. I'll go under, I'll go nine games, uh, nine wins. I think they'll be better than the Cardinals, uh, as they have a similar team. I wouldn't say they got overtly worse, and if Trey Lance can produce even marginally more than I think he will, it's going to be a solid team. So I'll, I'll go in the under, I'll go nine games for this team. I'm not super impressed with the players they got or lost, um, and we'll have to see how Trey Lance does, because that's going to be, you know, the big determiner in how their, how big their success or their, you know, not-so-successes will be. Ben, let's go to you first on the 49ers. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Trey Lance, most important position on the field, so I, I, I do think that he will be, um, or I guess, I guess I should say most valuable position on the field. He will be a big, a big reason why they're successful or why they're not successful. I do think that he is an, he is a, an upgrade from Jimmy Garoppolo, but there's going to be growing pains with Trey Lance. I mean, he has pretty much zero NFL experience, at least as as the uh, uh, game-to-game quarterback in the NFL. So there's definitely going to be some ups and downs with him. But I, I do think he's he's a capable, from what I've seen, he, he's athletic enough. He, he can fit the mold of a successful modern-day um, NFL quarterback. So I, I do think that they will, they will be decent. They were good. I mean, they had... Like you said, Debo Samuel, they had weapons. They still have Nick Bosa if he can stay healthy on, on defense. They have weapons on both sides yeah. of the ball. Um, what would you say the over-under, Brandon, was? Nine, nine, and, nine a half. and a half. I'll take the over. I, they went 10-7 and seven last year. I think they'll go 10-7 and seven again this year. Um, again, the, the division's weaker, but I, I do think that they are they are a capable team. And if they're going to play, like you said, like uh, a bunch of NFC, NF, uh, NFC teams, NFC is very underwhelming. I think that they have a decent chance to get to double digits. So I, I will take the over. I'll take 10 and 7, uh, just like they did last year. What do you yeah, think? So, yeah, so with the 49ers, I mean, you guys kind of already said it. Like, the quarterback situation, that's the biggest question mark for the 49ers. It kind of was last year as well. And then, obviously, we saw Jimmy G was, was quarterback. Um, and he did a decent job, you know, nothing to write home about. But he did a, a good enough job to get them to the NFC Championship game. Um, obviously, they had incredible uh, weapons around him, incredible defense and coaching staff and organization. But, d- you know, despite all that, he did a good job. So if the 49ers are absolutely set on Trey Lance is going to be the quarterback, which by all accounts seems like they are, um, then that's a huge question mark. It's like, I, I don't know how good Trey Lance is going to be. We haven't seen much. You know, last year, you know, when we saw Trey Lance come in, it would be a lot of like little red zone plays and, you know, he'd run for a touchdown or he'd get a touchdown pass here or there, but it would be like a lot of like one-off plays, uh, usually like in the red zone. So I don't know. I think it's definitely going to take time. Um, and with Trey Lance, I mean, I think, I think it's, uh, again, I already said it's a huge question mark, but I think when it's a huge question mark, I think it's more of a negative uh, than a positive until we actually see what it looks like. So I I don't feel great about uh, how how Trey Lance is going to do this year. I don't feel great about how the offense is going to necessarily operate this year. Um, now on the defensive side of the ball, they still have a really good defense. They didn't lose a ton of key pieces. 
Um, it seems like looking at their acquisition signings, um, they got a decent amount of uh, depth, it looks like, in their defense. So I still expect their defense to be you know, pretty darn good, one of the better defenses in the NFL for sure. And the 49ers just, they're so good as an organization. They're so trustworthy. They always, uh, they know how to operate. They don't do dumb stuff. We talk about all these franchises that are incompetent. Uh, the 49ers clearly are not one of those franchises. They are one of the best franchises in the NFL. So with that, I have enough trust in them to at least think they can get to eight or nine wins. Um, you said the over-under was nine and a half. I, I think I lean more toward nine. I think they're right in line with Arizona um, for the you know second place in the division with the Rams uh, you know being the best team in the division. So I would say about nine wins for the 49ers. Um, it's just tough to see how how they're gonna win games. Like I, like in in the closing moments with Trey Lance, they're gonna be able to stay in pretty much any game. I think their defense can be very good, but can Trey Lance drive him down the field in, in a critical two minute situation and you know kick get a field goal, get a touchdown? I have no idea. So that's gonna be interesting to see. But the 49ers will be good enough. Um, to at least win like nine games, I would say. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I, I agree with you, Trevor. Nine seems like a, a good amount. Let's go to our last team, the Seattle Seahawks, the last placing team in the division from last season, seven and ten. Um, and I, I think we can all agree this team got worse. Uh, getting rid of your franchise quarterback, Russell Wilson, in a trade to the Broncos, who I think will be a very good team, um, was an interesting move. They lost Dwayne Brown, who just signed with the Jets. A really, really, really great prospect. Uh, that was, you know, available for, for pickup this year. Um, they lost Bobby Wagner and they lost DJ Reed. Uh, Carlos Dunlap, another big addition that they lost. So I think if you look at this team, they got worse uh, for sure. Can Drew Locke play like the quarterback that he was drafted as? Uh, is going to be the question. I say no. Uh, I, I don't see this looking very good. The Seattle Seahawks over-under is five and a half. Um, they had seven last season. I say they finish one game worse at six and eleven. Uh, so technically, I'm taking the over, but I can see them going the other two. Uh, I, I'm gonna get six and eleven. There's really not a lot to say about this team. I'm I'm not impressed with this team at all. Jamal Adams needs to play like how he played in New York. Um, and now there's a big hole on the defensive side. We got holes everywhere on this team. Uh, the good news: DK Metcalf got re-signed. Noah Fant is a really young, fabulous tight end prospect at a, a Iowa that was brought over in the Russell Wilson trade from Denver. Um, so we're going to have to see. I, I don't think the offense will be terrible. The defense is going to struggle for sure, especially the front seven. Uh, so we'll see. I, I'll go with the over, but it's not a good over. You know, 6-11 and 11 isn't a good over. Uh, Trevor, let's go to you first. Yeah, I mean, I think Seattle is a candidate to be the worst team in the NFL, I got to say. I mean, looking at, you know, down the line, their defense, their offense, uh, the departures that we see here and who they've gotten back, I mean, quarterback situation – Seems like Drew Drew Locke is probably the most likely pick there. He's still got Geno Smith there. Um, but it kind of seems like they're going to pick Drew Locke, which uh, I don't think Drew Locke's a very good quarterback, so I don't have a lot of faith in that decision. Uh, you already mentioned the front seven with the defense there. Not a good situation to be in for Seattle. Uh, they're in a tough, pretty tough division. you got the Rams, Cardinals, and 49ers, uh, which is six games out of their schedule. Uh, they also play the AFC West, as I mentioned before. So they have to play all four teams in that division. Um, I guess the only good, the one good thing they have going for them is that because they finished last place, they get to play some last place teams. But their over-under is five and a half. I don't see them uh, hitting over. I, I think they're right around four or five wins. Um, so yeah, I think 
Again, this is now starting the rebuild, the rebuilding phase for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and I think that's probably how it should be, right? They should probably try to get, uh, I mean, they need to find a franchise quarterback and they also need to build up, uh, you know, some other very important piece of their team, like, for instance, the front seven of their defense. So that's what they need to focus on. This is now rebuilding mode for the Seahawks. And um, they're going to be very bad. I would say four or five wins. Ben, why don't you wrap it up for today? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Trevor. I'm, I'm taking the under for sure. I, I see four or five wins for this team. Absolutely going to be in contention for the worst team in the NFL. Very, very decent chance of having the number one overall pick next year in, in the NFL draft. Um, I mean, again, when it comes down to it, like the most valuable position is quarterback. They don't have one, not a competent one, at least not to an NFL standard. But, you know, very, very much a below average quarterback, whoever their quarterback's going to be. Um, they, they just, they, they, I mean, they lost an MVP caliber quarterback in Russell Wilson. They clearly are, are, are I don't want to say tanking because I don't, I don't think Pete Carroll would, would appreciate me calling him tanking, but they're, they clearly did not make a, a bunch of effort to get better this year. Um, not impressed. They will absolutely finish in last place in this division. Again, a division that's not great, but, I mean, the, the Seahawks are really really dragging this division down because they, they are going to be very underwhelming um, in 2022. Not not a – I mean, yes, they have DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett, and I know they got Noah Fant, but, like, not a, a bunch of marquee stars on this team. I guess you could maybe say D, DK Metcalf, but not not a lot of, you know, a, A-list uh, talents in, in, the, in terms of the NFL on this team. So I think they're going to they're gonna be – out talented you could say they're going to be inferior to most teams that they play so um it's going to be a long year for seahawks fans they should have got baker mayfield they messed that one up he's the best quarterback in the afc north a year ago so they messed up on that one um but it is what it is seahawks very very underwhelming offseason for them and they're going to have they're going to they're going to struggle this year for sure absolutely taking the under i'll even say possibly four wins yeah it's going to be a rough year for them for sure um, but I think we'll kind of wrap it up there for today. Another division in the books. We're, we're only a couple weeks out here from the NFL season. It'll be very, very exciting. Of course, we'll be talking about that. Um, but yeah, you know, wrap it up there for today. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. Of course, follow us on Twitter at the Small Ballers. So you keep up to date when all of our podcasts go live. We'll have another A18 podcast come out Tuesday morning at 7:30 a.m., which will be very, very exciting. Uh, of course, this coming Thursday, Five Seconds of Fame podcast, another eviction in the Big Brother house. And boy, Trevor, we're having a week. All right, we're having a week. No spoilers, but we're having a week already, aren't we? Uh, there's there. <laughs> it's interesting. I'll just say that we we got a lot going on. So please tune into that podcast. And of course, we'll be back for the Small Baller Podcast as we always are next Sunday uh, at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons. <laughs>